0: Hello and welcome to your latest Blood Red podcast from the Blood Red channel with me, Matt Addison. Alongside me is a football finance expert in Kieran Maguire from the University of Liverpool. And with coronavirus taking hold across the globe, we thought it was a decent chance to get the best sort of interesting topics from him in terms of how that will affect Liverpool Football Club. And of course, with health being the priority first and foremost, the economy is also set to be impacted too, though. So, Kieran, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for, for joining us once again. What is no doubt a, a busy time of the year for you at the moment. Uh, how are you?
1: I'm, I'm very good. Uh, yes, you're right. It has, been, uh, uh, it has been fairly manic in terms of dealing with um, media requests. But you know, here at the university, we're, we're delighted to talk to, to everybody. We'd much rather be talking about more positive news, but uh, clearly these are exceptional times.
0: They certainly are exceptional times and it's not just in, in this country, it's uh, across Europe and, and further afield as well that the coronavirus has sort of taken hold and and put us into an uncertain period. We we don't know for sure when football and, and indeed normal life is going to resume. But uh, in terms of the football sort of scenario, which is, is what we focus on here on Blood Red, We've seen, obviously, Liverpool this week go out of the Champions League, but UEFA will be meeting later in this uh, in this week to, to discuss the, the future of that competition. And uh, I mean, first and foremost, what do you think is, is the most likely scenario to take place there, and, and how would that potentially impact the, the teams who remain in it?
1: Well, I think there will be a lot of pressure from the the teams um, in the competition, but also from domestic leagues to get. Uh, Get uh, competitions completed this year, and I think the the, the issue which has to be sacrificed uh, in order for that to take place is the Euro 2020 championships themselves. I don't think you can realistically expect um, uh, matches to resume on the on the third of April. I think that was just the Premier League and the EFL buying a quick bit of time um, to see how issues developed. Um, so. That there will be huge anxiety amongst clubs who are a competing in the Champions League and the Europa League this season, but b those clubs who are you know in in the leading positions in their domestic leagues for whether or not they're going to qualify for next year's competition. Um, and I think therefore that, that the demands will be that the domestic leagues in you know England, Spain, France, Germany. Yeah, and so on um they they, they will try to claim priority i think they'd be reluctant to let their players go to a european championship if, if they haven't finished their own fixtures
0: yeah you, you mentioned the european championships and, and the sort of potential for that to be moved um a year in into the future and, and play it in 2021 instead i mean it, that to me seems like the most likely scenario but i mean financially what sort of impact would that have on on UEFA and on the the, the countries involved
1: Well, um, it will have an impact on UEFA in in the sense that they have sold tickets. Now, whether they can claim by putting back the the uh the fixtures for a year that they're not going to give refunds and effectively you, you go to see the match in 12 months time that's uncertain um uefa as an organization is wealthy because of the broadcasting money that it generates from uh, both the, the champions league europa league uh, but also from the uh, uefa championship themselves um Some of that money will already have been received from broadcasters. Um, the, The broadcasters don't want to sour relations with UEFA. So therefore, they might say, well, provided the tournament does take place in 12 months' time, we are willing to go along. With, uh, with, with the money that we've provided for you. So I think UEFA, from a financial perspective, they, they will be fine. Um, I'm, I'm far more concerned about things at a domestic level um, in, in respect of, of clubs, especially those in the lower leagues.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously you mentioned domestic football and and Liverpool in particular have a a vested interest in that with uh, their current gap at the top of of 25 points. And there's been, obviously, uh, first and foremost, as we mentioned, health is is the most important thing. But from a fan's perspective, there's there's plenty of Liverpool fans considering what might happen if and, and when football does resume in terms of the Premier League title. Obviously, it's been so long since Liverpool won that. I mean... I mean, it just just legally, there's there's so many implications if this uh, this season didn't get concluded. Surely that can't be the case.
1: Well, I think you have to go through each of the options available and look at them from um, a legal challenge perspective, a cash flow perspective, and a sporting integrity perspective. And you know, as fans, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't support either of the Liverpool clubs. Um, uh, but uh, from you know, my view, Liverpool are the best club in the Premier League this season. Nobody will deny them that they warrant. Uh, receiving the Premier League trophy. But I think even if you were a Liverpool fan, it, there would be an element of a hollow victory to a certain extent if they were awarded the trophy on the basis of 29 games. So I think the priority of the Premier League would be for each of the clubs to complete a 38-match season. And if that takes us into the summer um, and into the period which otherwise would have been occupied by the uh Euro 2020 championships, then so be it. Um, we, we then get into the, the situation of, well, whether the, whether those matches should take place behind closed doors or whether they should take place in, in front of fans. Now, clearly, the clubs and the fans both want to be, have the fans at the matches, but it could be that from a public health perspective, that's not really feasible if we're um, still having to deal with, uh, with the virus and, and that's posing a public health risk in which case the matches would take place behind closed doors. It would allow um, a 38-match season to take place, and therefore Liverpool would rightly be given the Premier League trophy on that basis. But also, I think a, a bigger issue would be at the bottom of the, the league would be that you'd be able to determine who's going to be relegated. Um, and at present, it's it's three clubs out of six by the looks of it. Um, if, if the league was stopped now... That would not be fair on Aston Villa because they've played fewer fixtures than some of their rivals. Um, so it, 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 they would clearly mount some form of legal challenge, which would be very costly and could actually delay the restart of the Premier League itself. Um, so I think those would be the preferred alternatives. You know, we, we get the matches finished however long it takes. Um, one One alternative which has been put forward, that if this season is effectively finished, Um, then no clubs get relegated and the top two clubs in the form of Leeds United and West Brom are promoted to the Premier League which for one season only goes to 22 clubs next season with potentially four being relegated and two then being promoted from the Championship so that we could return to a 20 and 24 scenario. You know that has that's probably the least bad of, of the alternatives um, in respect of um, not being able to finish this season. Uh, but until we, we know about the spread of the virus, um, and the, the continued impact that it's having on, on public health and also the provision of services um, to, the, to the population as a whole, um, I, I think it's going to be an awful lot of conjecture that there is no way that football is going to return on the 3rd of April as, as much as I think it's wishful thinking on, on behalf of some fans and some administrators. Um, that decision was made purely just to, to buy the, the Premier League and the other authorities a little bit of a breathing space
0: yeah, I mean, one potential option that that has been discussed is is that the league is voided, and as you say that's that's highly unlikely to take place. But if that was to be the case in in a completely hypothetical situation, you'd imagine that the the major broadcasters who've paid so much money to to broadcast this football would then want their money back and and that would be a disaster for even even clubs at, at the top end of the Premier League, wouldn't
1: it? It, it certainly would be far from ideal but um i th- i think if the broadcasters took such an approach they would face a huge backlash from fans because if any club went bankrupt as a result of that then if, if i supported that club i would you know immediately cancel my subscription to sky and bt and say well you were not prepared to be supportive of football during these exceptional times. um, And therefore, why should I give you any financial support myself? We've already seen the broadcasters uh, saying to fans who've tried to cancel subscriptions look you, you, you signed up for Sky Sports and you signed up for BT Sport you didn't actually sign up for Champions League and Premier League football that just happened to be part of our package so the broadcasters have have managed to sort of do a little bit of wriggling here um, at present uh, in order to avoid giving refunds you can you would have thought that given that Sky and BT Sports um, business model is completely dependent upon premier league uh premier league watchers renewing their subscriptions because it's whether whether they they say or not i can assure you that it's not formula one and it's not cricket and it's not nfl matches that actually drive subscriptions it's it is the Premier League. The last thing they want to do if they want a long-term relationship with the sport is to anger uh, a football fans, but also the people that own the football clubs who might turn around and say, well, actually, you know, we've, we've got a three-year deal with Sky and BT. As soon as that expires, I can assure you we're, we're going to be straight on the phone to Amazon, to Facebook, to um, some of the other potential broadcasters, and we're going to, yeah, we're going to take our ball down at the other end of the street.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly a worrying time for, for some of the clubs, but as you say, a, a highly unlikely situation. And uh, it's certainly uh, an uncertain scenario for, for certain players as well. Certainly at Liverpool, Adam Lallana's contract is, is set to expire on June the 30th. And I mean, if the season isn't finished by then, not just him, Willian at Chelsea, Jan Vertonghen at, at Tottenham, there's lots of players around the Premier League and indeed around Europe who uh, who could be thrown into uncertainty as well. I mean, do you have any idea what might happen there?
1: Well, it could be that there's uh, an agreement between all of the football clubs and and they might go to the PFA and the 5th Pro and say – European football this year is going to be extended till the, the 31st of August or the 31st of July. And therefore, what we want to do is we're going to put through an edict that every player's contract is extended for one month or two months. Um, so from the player's point of view, they will still be earning money, which clearly is, is important to them. Um, and then there'll be some form of uh, new transfer window created which will then kick in at the end of whatever the domestic season programme is going to be
0: Yeah, I mean you, you mentioned the transfer window as well, that's of course been been thrown into doubt, do you think in terms of, of transfer fees or, or anything like that there might be some sort of implications depending on, on when the season restarts or, or do you think clubs will will try and be as sensible as possible and, and keep things as normal as possible despite what's happened?
1: Um, I've I, Anticipate transfer fees being significantly lower this summer uh, because we've got so many clubs that don't have matchday income coming in. Now I appreciate for for a Premier League club such as Liverpool, um, amazing commercial arm and has done superbly from broadcasting over the course of the past few years. That. Um, it, it's not their their prime source of income, but it still brings in uh, you know seventy or eighty million pounds a year. If they have to go and uh, host matches behind closed doors, then it's costing them two to three million pounds in lost revenue per match. Um, so that is going to hit their budgets. Also, they they won't have the the money being generated from ancillary uh, activities. So yeah, there's no stadium tours uh, taking place at present. They're not they're not. Uh, uh, probably hosting uh, sort of commercial events uh, and uh, you know parties and weddings and so on uh, because either they're being cancelled or, or the clubs probably made the decision that uh, we don't want such events taking place because of the increased risk to our staff uh, in respect of the coronavirus. So clubs clubs are have will have taken a financial hit and therefore I'd expect that to flow through into the transfer budgets for next season. And what we'll also see is that. Yeah, And whilst you don't like to think of football clubs being vultures, if you are aware that you're trying to negotiate for a player from another club, And that club itself has had financial struggles over the course of the the last year as a result of the coronavirus. Then automatically you're going to say, well, under normal circumstances, we'd have bid £30 million for him. But I think we can probably get away with 15 to 18 because we know the other club is desperate for cash. So all of those elements, I think, will lead to whilst I think that the number of players could potentially be just as high as ever. I think that the, the total amount spent in terms of fees is likely to decline.
0: It's going to be interesting in terms of loan deals as well, which uh, obviously a former Liverpool player in Felipe Coutinho over at Bayern Munich now on, on loan for the season. And uh, depending on when the Bundesliga and, and indeed the Champions League resume, he's going to be thrown into a bit of limbo as well. Do you think there's uh, an easy solution to, to that sort of thing?
1: Well, it, yes. I mean, if, if it's a season-long loan... Um Barcelona probably don't want him back and Bayern Munich probably do want him because then uh, you know, then for once they're not guaranteed to win the Bundesliga this year. Um, so therefore, what, what it could be is that you extend the period of the loan for one or two months. Now that's if both parties are in agreement. If they're not, you, you could end up with a very messy situation at the end of the, the season where you might have some clubs who are in mid-table who are quite happy for players to return to their home home clubs or the host clubs um, and that will start to mean that there will be competitive advantages and disadvantages in the final few fixtures of the season. Yes,
0: yeah, certainly it would uh, have an impact in a, in a sporting sense in terms of that, as you say. And uh, just moving on a little bit from from players and a different sort of contract that, that Liverpool have negotiated in, in recent months is, uh, of course, their big kit deal with Nike, potentially worth up to £100 million a year, if reports are to be believed. Um, And of course, that comes in on June the 1st. If Liverpool's season hasn't finished, I'm sure New Balance might have something to say about that.
1: Well, I I think New Balance won't be happy, but I think New Balance will also have to take a pragmatic uh, approach to this they know that fans won't be buying kits um, over the course of the next few months because everybody's aware of a new uh, Nike deal coming through and and therefore everybody wants to have the most up-to-date kit. Um, So I I, I can't see a major issue there. Um, Clearly, Nike will be uh, disappointed um, if, if the if the virus continues, because this would have been a flagship launch for them for the summer of 2020, um, and if it takes place during a period where. Uh, public gatherings public gatherings are still very restricted clearly that's going to impact upon sales initially although once you know we're all crossing our fingers here we're, we're all assuming that some form of normality will return i think we've got to to work on that basis um you know once the season starts for for 2020, 2021 um, i'm sure sales will rocket.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I believe the the Nike deal that Liverpool have negotiated is sort of a thirty million pounds sort of base figure, but then the rest of that money is dependent on on sales. I mean, would you anticipate that, that Liverpool more than Nike are, are going to lose out if if that is the case? If, if you know, if this coronavirus continues, are, are people going to be buying less shirts, and, and will that have a big impact on Liverpool's finances?
1: Um, will people buy less shirts? Yes, I think there will. That will be the case, and the reason for that is that you know, we, we live in this football bubble, but there are dozens and dozens of other industries um, in the UK who are suffering very significantly um, as a result of what's happened just over the course of the last week or two uh, in terms of uh, travel, hospitality, entertainment. All of those industries are being hit very hard, and therefore that's going to impact upon employees. And ultimately, it's, it's you know, somebody who buys a football shirt is somebody that's working for somebody else most of the time, or they're self-employed and they've lost their income. Um, so what we will see is that the the economic contraction that's likely to take place as a result of the um, of the coronavirus will impact upon a fan's ability to dip their hands in their pockets to buy the shirts. You, you would hope that uh, that Nike would take this into consideration when pricing the shirts. Um, but clearly, you know, they, they've done their sums on the basis of getting top dollar for their products um, out. Uh, they might have to do a bit of a reconsideration, even if it's for one season only.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a, a real interesting time, both on and off the pitch for Liverpool, if and when football does return in the next few months. Uh, Karen, thank you very much for your time. We really do appreciate it here on Blood Red. You're welcome. And we'll be back with another Blood Red podcast for you very, very soon. In the meantime, though, thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time.
1: You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.